Welcome to episode five of the Wolf Sports Show. I'm your host, Dave Chapine. I hope you're all doing well today. We got a pretty good week five schedule coming up for the NFL. Every week, really, it's been a good game so far. I think I've said this before, not on the podcast, but on wolfsports.com, how like the NFL is pretty much as deep as ever, it seems like, with a lot of teams that could possibly contend for playoff spots. Again, like last week, I'm going to try to hit all 32 teams. But this week, I'm going to do more of a preview for week five for the upcoming week. And we'll hit on some stuff that happened in week four last Thursday through Monday. But first up, we'll start with a recap of the huge Sunday night game last week. Tom Brady's return to New England. To me, I don't know about all of you. To me, it felt like a Super Bowl game. Just the feel, pregame, everything. I said it'd be maybe the highest rated regular season game in NFL history. It certainly was the most anticipated, I would say. The ratings were not quite as astronomical as I thought they might be, but nearly 30 million people watched. It was low scoring, but it was a great game, in my opinion. Really, It was just really close, and it was rainy, but it wasn't like sloppy play or anything. Just strong defense from both sides. The Patriots defense made key plays to get off the field against Brady. Matt Judon stepped up for New England. He flashed, as everyone talked about. And it was, again, like it had a Super Bowl feel, not just the pregame and stuff, but during the game, it was like kind of an unpredictable feel a little bit. Most people expected the Bucks to put up some points and maybe the Patriots respond with Mac Jones facing the uh, injured secondary for Tampa Bay. But instead, it was a low-scoring matchup. Bill Belichick had some answers for his old uh, quarterback. The rain might have had a little bit of a factor, but I don't think too much. As Robert Kraft said, I think it was on ESPN in the morning, he said um, he wishes the game was like 10, 11 weeks into the season when the Patriots kind of find their groove because they do have a lot of new players. They spent a lot in free agency. And Mac Jones is a rookie quarterback, but Mac Jones, obviously, he played extremely well. I think everyone's impressed with Jones's toughness, his accuracy, decision-making. He had the one bad decision that was almost picked by Devin White, but he played very well going. It was a really tough spot facing Tom Brady coming back to Foxborough. That's not easy, but he came through. He played well. And the Patriots, they have to be extremely excited about Jones as their long-term quarterback. Some people criticize Bill Belichick for the decision to kick the 56-yard field goal in the rain, but Nick Folk's been great for them recently, and he was inches away from making, I think it was the right decision, instead of going for it on fourth down against a defense that was going to get after Mac Jones like they had been all night. Who knows if you get a tip ball or something. But he kicked it, it was inches away. Like Nobody should be criticizing that decision even if we missed the kick by a mile, but it was inches away from going up with just under a minute remaining. And that would have been interesting to have Brady try to come back from that. But I think people can stop like saying how, I guess, 
the tide has turned now it's Brady made Belichick because Brady won going to a new team last year they're both just legends both arguably the best head coach and quarterback ever one didn't make the other and I think Belichick got his defense to play about as well as you can against that stacked Tampa Bay offense even without Gronk they're loaded and a lot was made like leading up to the game about how Brady and Belichick, they hate each other, stuff like that. Some the negative people were trying to say. That's just, it's not true at all. It's a lot of fake news out there. After the game, there was a quick handshake between Brady and Belichick, quick handshake slash hug. And people pointed that as like, I guess they don't have a great relationship. But then every, it's been talked about everywhere, reported everywhere that Belichick went into the Bucks locker room. It was planned ahead of time between him and Brady, and they talked for over 20 minutes. It was a private conversation, and we'll probably never know what was said. But if I had to guess, I'd say it was a great conversation with the utmost respect and appreciation expressed from both sides. Remember, Brady was kept as a fourth quarterback his rookie season, which is extremely rare. Bill Belichick believed in him and was a great mentor to him. Even if he was drafted in the sixth round, once he got in the building, he had a supporter, ally, whatever, in Belichick, and they did unmatched things in the NFL. Will probably never be matched again. I kind of get chills thinking about like them talking privately. I mean, that's pretty cool to have two of the greatest talk like that. Again, a private conversation. We'll probably never know what was said, but it still kind of gives you chills to think about. And I would not be surprised if we see them play again. I think Brady's going to play pretty much as long as he's playing as well as he is, which I don't see him falling off really ever. He could play till he's 50 at a high level. So we'll, we should see them in four years in Tampa Bay. It'll be assuming Brady's still playing and playing for the Bucks, and Belichick is still coaching. There's also the interconference schedule with the 17th game where I guess they could play again. It's kind of confusing, but yeah, they can play again on whatever the rotating basis is for the conferences. They could play again before the four years, but not even that. I think they could match up in the Super Bowl in the next two or three years. Mac Jones, again, really bright future. It would not be shocking to see them play in the Super Bowl at some point, which would be awesome. But whatever happened Sunday night, the Bucks won, Brady won. Whatever would happen if they match up in a Super Bowl, it doesn't take anything away from the other. Like, they're both amazing. Also, it had to be super weird for Brady going in the visiting locker room, visiting hotel. He made so many relationships with people, not even just coaches and players, but like staff in Gillette Stadium, everything. So that had to be kind of weird for him. But I'd say everyone's happy. I mean, the Patriots, Belichick wanted to win, but still a good weekend, a mini celebration, I guess, to have the reunion in Foxborough. Now to week five. It now Thursday Night Football moves over to Fox. Now it's not exclusive, but it's on Fox as well as NFL Network and also streaming on Amazon Prime. And when the Fox schedule picks up, it's... It's like you get a good game with the first Thursday night matchup on Fox. 
Also, it's in 4K. If you have 4K capability, whether it's an Xfinity box or DirecTV, you can watch the games in 4K now, the Thursday night games. I wish they had every game in 4K at this point. I think they should. More on that maybe in another show. But for tonight, Rams, Seahawks in Los Angeles. Aaron Donald and company have gotten after Russell Wilson over the years. Donald was totally quiet last week in the Rams' loss to the Cardinals. So we'll see if he picks it up along with the rest of the defense. Also last week, Stafford, Matthew Stafford, crowned the MVP after four games basically from the the media is really high on the Rams. They love him, I guess, because the NFL studios is in SoFi Stadium, the Rams Stadium, which is kind of strange to me. But anyway, Stafford was crowned MVP, did not play well last week against Arizona. Missed a bunch of throws. It was just one game, but inconsistency is a lot of what we've seen from him throughout his career. Meanwhile, Wilson is 9-1 on Thursday nights and is one of the game's best primetime performers in history. I think the past 50 years, he has the best record for any quarterback in primetime games. But again, he's had some struggles against the Rams. And on Stafford's side, he's had some inconsistency throughout his career. Something's got to give. Should be a good matchup. And you can't really ask for much more on a, the first big Thursday night game airing on Fox now again. Then we have one of the two London games this year, Sunday morning Eastern time and Western time too, uh, 6.30 in the morning. You got to get up for it. But 9.30 Eastern time here, AM, Jets, Falcons. Zach Wilson's coming off a win. You could see he was very happy to get the monkey off his back, I guess, and get his first NFL victory last week. He made some big throws to come back and beat the Titans. And the Jets will look to keep it rolling. And they came out with the UK Twitter account, the Jets. Owner Woody Johnson was a U.S. ambassador to, I think it was the UK. So he has some connections there. And the Jets are looking to kind of build their fan base in London and England. And the Falcons, coming off a tough loss. They've been used to that the past few years, unfortunately. But it'll be they're an exciting team still. They got Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, and Cordero Patterson is coming off three touchdown receptions last week. He's been sensational. Fancy football players, he was a waiver wire pickup for most people in most leagues. And he's been a complete stud. He's like a Christian McCaffrey light almost in fantasy football, but he's been a real weapon for Matt Ryan to go to. And Jets Falcons isn't great on paper, but they got some electric players on the field. It should be entertaining. And then the other line of game is in two weeks, a week from Sunday. And there's only two of them this year. Pats Texans is among the early games on Sunday. After the London games, the normal early games, one o'clock window. The Patriots should kind of get after Davis Mills like the Bills did last week, maybe not quite at that level, but the Patriots defense should have a good afternoon. I'm facing them in fantasy, so expect them to go off. But no, this is a game the Patriots should win, get back on track, get to two and three, maybe go on a run. For the Texans, I said about how they'd probably put more on Davis Mills' plate. He threw four interceptions. While they do want to maybe put more on his plate, having a strong running game obviously would help a lot. 
but look for New England to kind of make them one-dimensional and force Mills to beat them. Lions-Vikings is intriguing. Lions are 0-4, still looking for a win, but Jared Goff has played well. I think he's top five among quarterbacks for big plays, like 20-yard completions. That's despite not having, like, really any marquee names on the outside. Quintus Cephas has played well for Detroit at receiver. He stepped up. And Goff is a quarterback that gives his guys opportunities to make plays. He's played well. But the Vikings defense, they've stepped up. They lost last week to the Browns 14-7, to but the defense, Mike Zimmer's defense, has stepped up the past couple of weeks, went over the Seahawks and a close loss to the Browns. And Minnesota's ho- hoping that Dalvin Cook is a little more healthy with his ankle, which still probably isn't 100%. Although it's worth noting the Vikings did, they gave up some, they could have given up some big plays to Odell Beckham Jr., who got free, should have had like a, 60-something yard touchdown, I think it was. He got free deep, but Baker Mayfield missed him. But overall, the Vikings, their defense has a chance to dominate this week if they can get after Jared Goff. And it is at home for Minnesota. Moving on, Eagles-Panthers. Carolina just added Stephon Gilmore in a trade with the Patriots. They only had to send a six-round pick. The guy was Defensive Player of the Year two years ago. I know people say he's 31, but he's in the last year of his deal. So it's like, I think that's a great price. Six round pick only for him. If it doesn't work out, just move on after the season. Because he's in the last year of his deal. He's not going to play this week. He's on the pup list. I think he could play. Yeah, he's out six weeks on the pup list. So he'll play week seven. Assuming he's fully healthy, which word is he is. Or will be at least. And if he's at his all pro form that dynamic Panthers defense is clearly going to be one of the best in the league. They're very fast and young, as I've said before. Had a rough day against the Cowboys last week. Couldn't really stop Zeke on the ground or Dak Prescott tossing touchdowns through the air. And this week against the Eagles won't be an easy matchup. Jalen Hurts definitely bounced back. The Chiefs are not a challenging defense, but he played well against Kansas City. Still, the Eagles, I think, need an identity a little bit. They don't run the ball really at all. Hurst does most of the damage with his legs. I think maybe they should hand the ball to Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell a little more. And Carolina also might get Christian McCaffrey back from a hamstring injury. They're not going to push him, but he did test it out in practice yesterday. And there's a chance he returns after missing just one game. If McCaffrey's out there, it'll be a big test for the Eagles' defense, which they are normally stout, but they have not been the past couple of weeks. And the linebackers, are they might have a long day if McCaffrey's on the field. Saints-Washington. The Saints' play on defense was one of the biggest surprises to me last week. They gave up the lead to the Giants. Daniel Jones threw for over 400 yards against them. They allowed Saquon Barkley to get loose and look like Saquon Barkley, which isn't surprising, but the Saints normally kind of can shut down opposing running backs. So it might have been a one-game thing, but it was concerning from the Saints defense. And they play a Washington offense that is dealing with a number of injuries to skill players. Logan Thomas, tight end, went on IR. 
with a hamstring injury. So we'll see if New Orleans can get back on track defensively. And the offense for the Saints is looking for more big plays, but Jameis Winston can't push it too much. Look for them to ride Alvin Kamara, who might get 20, 25-plus touches as they look to get to 3-2. and two. Both teams are 2-2 two and two in the Saints-Washington matchup. Also, I don't want to get too much into it, but Washington, their trainer, team trainer, had, I guess, his house and the team facility, maybe his office, I guess, raided by the DEA. It's kind of a strange situation, and we'll see what happens there. Speaking of strange situations, Urban Meyer. I think if you're listening to this, you probably know the situation pretty much, I guess, went out and partied. Kind of went to a bar or restaurant and was out after the team lost to the Bengals on Thursday night last week. Obviously, his actions are not not great. But putting them aside, the biggest thing might be like he sent the team home. This team flew home together on the team plane, as always happens. But he stayed in Ohio and didn't travel back with the team. That's just almost unheard of, I think. And clearly he has some rebuilding to do a little bit with his relationships with his players. He probably doesn't have a ton of respect from them right now. It's not been a great start for him in the NFL. And they're facing a Titans team coming off the loss to the Jets. Derrick Henry ran the ball well as usual against the Jets, but the defense gave up some big plays. And Tennessee ended up losing a game they were favored in pretty heavily. The offense wasn't bad or anything, but the Titans would really benefit from A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, or at least one of them. Brown returned to practice yesterday, but Jones did not yet. Getting one or both of them back will obviously be a big boost for the offense overall, but I'm really interested to see how the Jags respond after this Meyer situation from the past week. Dolphins, Bucks, Bucks will look to get back on track offensively after they were limited by the Patriots on Sunday night, but they'll face Brian Flores, former Belichick assistant. Some of them have had some success against Brady throughout his career. But the Dolphins are having some trouble offensively themselves. Unfortunately, because it's not a good situation with him either, I think the Dolphins will make a move for Deshaun Watson at some point. I know Tua is out right now. They might give him a test run, I guess, when he returns. He should return next week. But the Bucks are 10-point favorites. They shouldn't have much trouble at home against the Dolphins as long as the corners hold up against like Devontae Parker or Jalen Waddell. And Gronk, unfortunately, Gronk missed last Sunday night against the Patriots. He didn't travel with the team. He's probably going to miss again with his broken ribs. He had a punctured lung. So the injury was a lot worse than we first thought. He returned to the Rams game in week three. But he's set to miss multiple games with the rib injury. Green Bay against Cincinnati. The Packers, as expected, they handled the Steelers at Lambeau Field. It was good to see A.J. Dillon get some work. A more expanded role running the ball. 
we'll look for that to be a factor as the weather gets colder in the coming weeks. Also, it's funny, Aaron Rodgers and Mike Tomlin, Rodgers was trying to like quick snap him, basically. Tomlin got a timeout in. It's funny, they like gave each other a look and a nod during the game. We'll get to the Steelers in a minute, but I'd say keep an eye on if Rodgers does in fact leave Green Bay after this season. Keep an eye on Pittsburgh, I'd say for sure, as maybe the top landing spot, assuming Ben Roethlisberger moves on after this season. For the Bengals, Joe Burrow was lights out last Thursday night. He shines in big moments, it seems, dating back to his time at LSU. After a slow start, he and the Bengals turned it on offensively. And they're at 3-1. and one. They're in a good spot in the NFC North. So this, them against the Packers is, really, it could be a shootout. We'll see. And the Packers added Jalen Smith at linebacker. The Cowboys released him pretty much because of potential injury guarantees for next season. In a tight cap situation, they didn't want to risk that. Being on the hook for a lot of money. So they decided to move on now, but at least Smith landed in a good spot with the Packers. Now to the Steelers, they host Denver this week. Mike Tomlin has been 100%. He said he's behind Ben Roethlisberger as the quarterback. He's been under pressure, Roethlisberger, this season. The offensive line, the retooled offensive line, again, hasn't worked out as expected. They haven't been able to run the ball with Najee Harris. He's done damage as a receiver, but they haven't been able to get like a steady run game going, which would help Big Ben when he's really great on play action. But they haven't gotten that going. Again, it's tough to see a path where the Steelers get out of it, but I just think Mike Tomlin and Roethlisberger will find a way. Somehow we'll see. I don't know how. Is They're just not playing well. Something is just off with them, really dating back to last season after they started 11-0 and then collapsed towards the end of the season. And again, they host Denver. Teddy Bridgewater is in the concussion protocol currently. If he can't go, Drew Locke will go. Locke would benefit from like a week of practice last week against the Ravens. He was kind of thrust in there against a tough defense. The weapons aren't what they were in the preseason for Denver. Jerry Judy's still out with a high ankle sprain. KJ Hamler is out for the season with a torn ACL. But Denver can try to run the ball with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. And the defense will look to try to make the Steelers remain off track this week. Now for the 4 o'clock games on Sunday, there's four of them in the late afternoon window. The Bears are going to Las Vegas. Justin Fields is now the full-time starter. Even though Andy Dalton is either at or close to 100% from his bone bruise in his knee. But Fields will be the starter. The Bears, pretty much they want to see what they have in him. His first start was very bad, but he had a better time facing the lines last week. He had a good connection with Darnell Mooney, who had over 100 yards. Fields hasn't done a lot with his legs yet on the ground as a runner. He might need to escape and get out of trouble a little bit against a really good Vegas pass rush. Chicago lost running back David Montgomery for at least a few weeks due to a knee injury, knee sprain. But Damian Williams, who I thought definitely should have been the Super Bowl MVP a couple of seasons ago, 
I don't know how he didn't get it. I guess the media really likes Patrick Mahomes, which is understandable, but Williams was, I think most people and a lot of players said this, tweeted this or whatever during the game and after the game, Williams should have been the MVP. When he got a lot of touches with Kansas City, he did really well. He's versatile, good receiver, runs with power, balance. So we'll see how he does in the lead role for Chicago. He should be really good, I think. For the Raiders, Derek Carr is mad. They were 3-0, and they had a slow start again against the Chargers. Couldn't come all the way back. They did fight and make it a relatively close game at the end. But Joey Bosa for the Chargers after the game, who he said Derek Carr is a great guy and stuff, but he said he kind of shields away when you get pressure on him. Really, it's not different than any other quarterback, but the way Bosa said it, I think Bosa kind of regretted it after he said it a little bit. Like maybe he shouldn't have said it because, again, he said Carr is a great guy and everything. He likes him. But the thing about Carr, it's kind of the way he looks when he's pressured. Like sometimes cover the ball with two arms and kind of go down instead of maybe there might be a path out of the pocket. But it's, I don't think it's any different than most, like, kind of pocket passers car can get out and throw on the run very well but i'd say he's considered a pocket passer and a lot of them do that they cover up make sure they take care of the ball it just kind of looks a little weird with car the way he does it which makes you understand i guess what bose is saying but car is a tough player he's a good comeback guy fourth quarter comeback guy and again he says he's mad now so we'll see how he responds facing the bears Browns against the Chargers is one of the best games of the week, I think, clearly. The home crowd for Los Angeles is just flat-out embarrassing. The Raiders took it over. I know Raiders have a following in Los Angeles, but but still, Los Angeles, they don't really have great football fans, in my opinion. I guess the Rams get a good following. They're kind of pushed more, it seems like, by the league, and they or the main Los Angeles team, I guess you'd say. But the Chargers clearly have a bright feature with Justin Herbert at quarterback. And you know how people are. Front runners, I guess, will come to the Chargers' side at some point, I'd say. Not just in Los Angeles, but around the country, they should get a good following with Herbert. And Brandon Staley, first-year head coach, has been really great for the Chargers. Anthony Lynn maybe shouldn't have been fired. He did well as former coach of the year, but Staley looks like a home run hire. And he had great comments about the importance of running the football, which nerds were probably not happy with. The people that want analytics to dominate not only like front office decisions, but on game day for every fourth down, every one you should punt when you should, whatever. A lot of people want to just go by the computer. I don't agree with that at all. As I said last week, Staley knows the run game is important for the physicality of the game. It makes a difference on the play action passes if the defense actually thinks you can run or will run. And it just sets the tone, as Staley said, about the physicality of it. The best teams want to run the ball. The Browns certainly can run it with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Baker Mayfield, it's been revealed, is dealing with a partially torn labrum, 
in his left shoulder. He said, like, it doesn't have any effect on him. That's kind of his personality. He's not going to give in and say something's affecting him. But I'd say even though on the left side, he's right-handed there. Even on the left side, a partially torn labrum can affect you. Certainly, when you're throwing the ball, you use a lot of your body when you're throwing the ball, not just your arm or your right shoulder. And also, when he's taking hits, it's got to affect him a little bit getting hit on that left side or landing on his left shoulder. But that should be a good game, too. Looks like AFC contenders for sure. Moving to the NFC, the NFC East. Giants are looking to keep the momentum going after the upset win over the Saints. Again, Daniel Jones threw for over 400 yards. He did it without Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton in the lineup. Jones does a lot on the ground with his legs. He's another guy people don't like for whatever reason on Twitter. I guess they had their opinions and didn't want to change him in the pre-draft process when they probably didn't even watch him at Duke at all. But he's playing at a pretty high level this season. And the Giants as a team shouldn't be counted out completely if if they get a win this week against the Cowboys especially. They'll be right back in the NFC East race. But the Cowboys look like a potential juggernaut. Defensive flying around. Micah Parsons, early rookie defensive player of the year. Candidate Trevon Diggs, I would say, probably would have to be the pick for defensive player of the year if you voted today. Again, only five weeks, but or four weeks. But he has five interceptions in four games. I pointed to him as a breakout star in the first show, first episode. And I keep mentioning him every week. He makes it impossible not to mention him. He gets an interception every week. He's playing like the best corner in the league right now, which is saying something. There's a lot of great corners. The Cowboys are running the ball, which they want to do. But they'll throw it if they have to. C.D. Lamb hasn't gotten going much the past two games. but And the Giants defense, they got a good defensive line. They could be stingy. We'll see if they can limit the Cowboys on the ground and force them into basically third and long situations, get off the field, get the ball back to the offense, and get an upset win. 49ers Cardinals. Jimmy Garoppolo was pretty funny. He's dealing with a calf injury. He said after the game last Sunday, he didn't play in the second half. He said he's hoping he'll just miss a couple of games or something. It was funny how he like didn't know. He just said a couple of games or something maybe. Everyone ran with it. But it looks like he's a shot to play still. They're calling it a contusion, so I guess a bruise. I would think he'll try to play through it, but if not, third overall pick, Trey Lance, will go. Kyle Shanahan's kind of been, I wouldn't say harsh, but he hasn't praised Lance too much. He's made it clear that Garoppolo is the starter and Lance isn't really ready. But if Lance is starting, look for Shanahan to tailor the offense, do more design runs, zone reads, options to keep the defense off balance. The Cardinals, I said in big games, Kyler Murray needs to limit the interceptions. He did that last week against the Rams. He didn't try to do too much. He's not forcing the ball to DeAndre Hopkins yet. He's spreading it around to a really deep skill group. The Arizona ran the ball really well with Chase Edmonds and James Conner. The season could not have gotten off to a better start for the Cardinals. And they've surprised me. Like Cliff Kingsbury, I think, had a losing record in college. 
but they're off to a good start. They got to keep it going, but really good start through four games for them. And the defense, as I've said, is really athletic. Isaiah Simmons, Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, just three of the names. But they have a lot of players on defense in the front seven, and especially Buda Baker safety. The corners were like a concern entering the year, but they've played really well. So if they keep that up, the Cardinals are definite NFC contenders to get to the Super Bowl. Bills and Chiefs play on Sunday night. Potential AFC playoff, AFC championship maybe preview. The Chiefs have kind of had the Bills number a little bit. But the Bills, they're clicking. The defense has two shutouts in four games. The offense looks like it's 2024, maybe even at a higher level. They added Emmanuel Sanders. Dawson Knox at tight end has stepped up. They're running the ball better than they did last year. Josh Allen said the Arrowhead, where the game is Sunday night, is maybe the most hostile environment I've been in. It's going to have, I guess, a playoff feel maybe a little bit to Titans in the AFC. The Chiefs, nobody's really worried about the offense. They had the four turnovers a couple of weeks ago, but they got back on track. Patrick Mahomes lit up the Eagles. The defense is the bigger concern, and it'll be a huge challenge facing Allen and the Bills this week. Again, early in the season, but it might give a good indication of where that Chiefs defense might be able to get to as the season progresses. And the Bills, it would be good for their psyche, I think, to win at Kansas City after losing to them in the postseason last year. And finally, on Monday night, the Colts go to Baltimore. I wasn't a fan of the Ravens getting the 100-yard rushing thing when they should have kneeled. Vic Fangio was clearly not happy. Broncos players were not happy. I guess the thing is the Ravens locker room is happy, and that's pretty much all John Harbaugh should worry about, I guess you could say. I still didn't like it. It felt childish almost. And it's, as Fangio said, it's kind of not new. Like the Ravens, some preseason stuff, they win every preseason game, which is definitely fine. But like I remember several years ago, they kind of were going after quarterbacks like Sam Bradford was handing the ball off basically I guess they tried to say it looked like his own read and I think it was Terrell Suggs like diving at him and stuff I don't know you could say it's kind of lame the Ravens did that ran to get over 100 yards the game was over John Harbaugh said how the Broncos were trying to score and he doesn't know of any 16 point play they were down 16 I mean it's nearly impossible but you score real quick at the end, get the onside kick, do a Hail Mary. It's not totally out of the realm of possibility that the Broncos could have come back. He was basically saying the Broncos should have stopped playing offense because they were going to lose. I think that's a little different than when the game's clearly over and you're going to kneel that you run it and get a record. Anyway, they host the Colts this week. They beat the Colts by 14 last year. And Indy is in a worse spot this year. So it's gonna it's it'll be tough for Carson Wentz and the Colts. Jonathan Taylor, I said they need to get him going. They did, but still I think 
hand the ball 20, 25 times at least. That could be a recipe to keep the Colts in the game on Monday night. Okay, now for the lock of the week, you can get typically five we give against the spread picks on wolfsports.com for premium members, fantasy consigliere members. But I'll give one again for week five. Also for the five per week on wolfsports.com, we've been three and two. I think it's each of the past three weeks. We're looking to get to four and one, five and oh in a week, but three and two is good. That's 60%. That's like the gold standard, I guess, or past the gold standard, really. So if you want to sign up and see all them, go to wolfsports.com, sign up for Fantasy Consigliere if you haven't already. And for this week, I'm going to go with Patriots, minus eight and a half. Last week, I didn't want to really give a too big of a lock. I said I'd probably think the Bucks would cover when it got closer to the game time. Not just saying this, I thought I felt like it would be closer than seven. I felt like the Patriots would play them close, which they did. But this week, I'd say Patriots minus eight and a half against the Texans. Again, the defense should dominate Davis Mills. The offense should do pretty well. Look for New England to run the ball more, maybe. They didn't want to test the Bucs too much last week. Nobody can really run on Tampa Bay. But Patriots should have a shot to win big against the Texans, so... For entertainment purposes, I'd say they have a good shot to cover this week. And now for the questions and mail. Two of them again this week we'll go with. If you have questions, you can send them in via email. David Chapin at wolfsports.com. Include your name, your hometown or state or country if you want. And we'll consider putting them in to the show, answer them. From Max in New York, should the Jags fire Urban? I don't want to call for anyone's firing. It's certainly a fireable offense, what he did. You could say it's a private thing and it happened to get caught on video, but the again, not going back with the team on the plane. Very weird. The Jags, it's... We'll see, but it's hard to see them winning a Super Bowl with Meyer if like the team doesn't respect him. Things can change. Maybe they start winning. They got the quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, but they're in a tough spot right now. They can only go up from here. Love the show. Any daily fantasy plays you can share as a segment from Dalvin in Kansas? Maybe at some point, We'll add some fancy stuff a little bit, but we have the Fancy Consigliere podcast. I recommend listening to that if looking for DFS stuff or just fantasy advice in general. Also, sign up on wolfsports.com for Fancy Consigliere. So nothing yet, but we do on Wolf Sports. We cover fantasy better than anyone, I would say. So I would give that our fancy podcast a listen if interested and you should get good advice there and online on the website wolfsports.com and we'll end the episode there another great week coming up i would think ram seahawks just kick things off you got bills chiefs on sunday night so it's good game scattered throughout it's a really good week i would say again maybe just because the nfl is deeper than ever to me it seems like that but it seems like the schedule is 
it seems like the schedule makers did a good job with it this year. Maybe better than ever. And again, remember the London game, 930. So if you want to watch that one, Jets-Falcons, you got to wake up early, assuming you're in the U.S. So enjoy the full day of football on Sunday. Enjoy the Thursday game, the Monday night game. And we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening.